<sighs> oh my god. Weed just makes me so much better of a person. You know? Hello, universe. Oh, kitty, don't barf. Don't, oh, good kitty. Good. What are you doing? Curling up in my pillows. Uh, I don't know. Uh, does the animal strife in life reduce my buoyancy? I don't know. I've been thinking about a lot of stuff since I hit the pause button on the last recording. And uh, that was two minutes ago. No, one minute ago, approximately. Here we are. It's August 7th. I didn't even have to look this time because I've already said it twice. And it's uh, currently 11.32. Uh, so apparently catching up on my August recordings is going to be an August 7th project. Since this is recording number three, something I've never done is record three times in one day. And today, if I had to guess, there will be a fourth. But for now, I wanted to explain uh, what... Uh, what do I want to get into? Do I want to get into the men-woman thing? Or do I want to get into the... Uh, the doubt in oneself? And how that sets you up to want to be saved? I don't think we would have a concept of a messiah if we weren't so riddled with self-doubt. Because we'd know we're the messiahs. And I'm really on this train of trying to convince people that not only are you here, you're here with a purpose. If that isn't the Messiah, what is? You're literally here to do something to make the world better. Your only goal in that role is to figure out what it is that will make you an improved human while you're here. And then go out and execute. And then when the malaise of Ugh, I don't have the energy for any of that. Fuck, man, I can barely get up and watch The Price is Right every day. Takes you over and turns you into a person capable of that pathetic thought. Well, the world becomes more and more chaotic. Because at some point, you will have to get up and say, all right, fuck, if nobody else is doing anything about this shit, I guess it's up to me. Or at least I will go do what I can do to make sure I'm not making the world worse like it seems like every other motherfucker out there must be doing. Because every time I step out, the world looks slightly worse. Yeah, that malaise turns us all into fucking prices Right watchers. I don't even know if that's the right fucking theme song. Probably not, but... I'll admit, I watched my share of prices Right through elementary, junior, and high school. Every time I stayed home sick, that motherfucker was on the agenda. 10 a.m., Price is Right. In fact, after that, there was nothing but, uh, I think it was Scrabble and um, maybe Press Your Luck. Some other terrible game shows. Followed by the Midday Love Connection. Um, what's the dating game? No, not the dating game. Uh, whatever, those would come on, and then would come on the, uh, cheaters and whatever, like, as you start to think about how mushy your brain gets, just sitting there going, well, what else is on? Oh, love connection. What's this? Terrible. Okay, let's watch it. Uh, 
yeah so there you go that's what i got on to talk about love connection and staying home from uh school because you faked being sick so that you could study for that history test wait nobody does that anymore <laughs> i didn't even do that that's like shit my mom did no no in my days stayed home sick because both your parents were going to work and you just bought a bag of fucking weed and you thought, well, I don't want to smoke it while they're in the house, so I'll just wait till Monday. No, I didn't even do that. Like, I just was a good kid. I'm sorry, I'm so distracted right now because there's a mosquito in my room and I gotta go kill it. I'll be back. Pause. Fuck yeah, the hunted shall now be the hunter. Or wait, is that how it goes? Uh, I'm not one to take vengeance. Against anything. But the mosquitoes just... They don't stop. They are there to get a piece of your blood. That's their point. And I just... After Fauci, I'm done with that shit. There's no more sticking your needle in my skin unless you have gotten me to say it's okay. And I have yet to sign a consent form with any of these motherfuckers. There's another one on the ceiling. Ah, they're so smart, too. They have gotten smarter to the point that I can no longer slap them on the wall. They're too evasive for it. So I have to come at them with, like, a hat. And, frankly, I fucking love doing it on the ceiling because they never see it coming. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Got two of them. Okay, I'll stop hunting mosquitoes because that's got to be the worst 16 seconds of recording ever. Right, Kitty? Um, and let's talk about, uh, should I be talking more right now, Phoebe? I've talked a lot. Let's blow one idea out and then we'll hit pause and we'll come back. We got to get some work done around the house anyway. Let's talk about how you who express faith most confidently with the conviction that makes people think, well, maybe she'll start speaking in tongues, man. That bitch believes in God. Or whatever. Believes in Scooby-Doo. Believes in Yabba-Dabba-Doo. It doesn't matter. Belief is a weird concept. Think about it. You believe in what? Something because you can't verify it. It's not, uh, it's not demonstrable. It's knowable. You'll say, it doesn't matter. I just know it. Okay, that's fine. I just have known on three separate occasions to the point that I've been in full-out emotional release, and I've recorded two of them, that my dog's going to die today. And yet, here she is. So, and I've known this, but I was wrong. And I, I'm fine with that. I still have knew it on those days. She... She has sent me enough subliminal signaling that if those weren't precipice days where she could have died, then bullshit. Yes, they were. And maybe she had enough strength to live through a moment that 90% of her tries at it would have failed. But we were just strong enough that day to get through it again. Who knows? Who cares? What I'm saying is it doesn't matter how all of this unwinds. I still knew those days my dog was going to die. And today she's still alive. So, does that make me wrong? Well, yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't know what I knew. It means 
that I'm still learning lessons about what it is to care for my dog at the end of her life. Or she's still here to teach me something important that she's just not quite convinced me of. Or who knows what. But the strength of this reality demands that maybe in other realities where she would have passed by now, she's still here. Much like you. Listening to this. For reasons I can't identify. But if you're going to participate in my insanity unwinding into sanity, here's a crucial point. If you are devoted or committed in faith to even a concept like love or um, loyalty, valor, if, if your life is about the justification of your faith in blank, it's because you don't love yourself. I swear to God. I don't swear to God, I'm sorry. I, I use that cliche too much because I never, ever mean it, literally. I just love the feeling of utter commitment behind it. You don't love yourself. I say this as someone who didn't love themselves for 40 years. So here I actually do have a little bit of, I can speak to that. And I had every tool. I was the kick-ass, you can't lose, it's just how much do you want to win candidate. And I knew it. But winning on this plane of existence never felt fulfilling. It always felt like I had, I had proven to somebody else that I was blankety-blank to them. Never to myself. If anything, I had proven to myself one more time that I don't fit in. And instead of turning toward faith in something else, I turned toward chaos, anarchy, and nihilism about everything. To the point it eventually put me in a position where I only left the house to make a dollar so that my dog could eat. Otherwise, I had no interest in anything. At all. And it wasn't even that I was suicidal, because I had lost any desire or care to fucking do anything, except wait to die, in a reality that I couldn't feel less attached to. And <clears throat> that zombie form of existence, unfortunately, permeates American culture to the point anybody you run into can be in that position. From a fucking physician to a flop out. It doesn't matter. You can be dead inside in this country from having been boonswoggled? Is that a word? Horndoggled? Bitch slapped? By expectations and promises that all turn out to be false. Hollow at best, misleading at worst, life-destroying in every circumstance to some degree. And momentum killing. It's as if the ultimate plan is to turn you into a docile, 
believer in anything other than yourself. Because even at your best, you look back and think, yeah, but where am I now? What did I do? How, how did it work out? This, this isn't what I had planned. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. Well, <laughs> uh, that turns out to all be horseshit. This is exactly how it's supposed to be. This is exactly what the reality that is deserved turns out to be justified as existing, as all of it is necessitated to become. Because you will either act or not in a way that's true to yourself, in a world that's filled with inconsistency, to build a better world, or we will live in a world filled with inconsistency because you can't be true to yourself. So, as the CIA case officer that you are, do the accolades make you sleep better at night? When people hear that you work for the government but you can't talk about what you do, does it give you that little power of I'm better than you? And how is that serving up the mana for your soul? Well, if you're a clone and you don't have one, I feel for you. Look inside and, I don't know, go jump off a cliff. But for those who look inside and do feel a voice saying back to you, man, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, if, I don't know, I don't know if it's all fucking worth it. Well, then it's not. And you have put your faith in the fucking structure of goddamn American government and our incursions into the territories of other humans, have we? Ha 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 There's where you want to put your faith. Everywhere but with yourself. If anything, that's the American experience. Hey, come to America and have faith in something other than yourself. That's what we do here. Nope. Not me. I'll admit it, man. I am full of myself. But I fucking love myself. I can't wait to see what this character goes and does in the reality of the simulation that's outside that door. In spite of all you other ones fucking it up. I can live with that. I was a fuck up for a while. Man, I think sometimes you have to be a fuck up before you realize how much not being a fuck up matters. So, I'm not here to change anyone's opinion of life. I'm here to change their opinion of themselves. That they're worth being true to themselves in a way that makes them love themselves. Every other message you get is wrong. You can figure all of it out on your own. There's no book you have to open. There's no list of rules you have to go by. There's no judgment you have to be held to by some other entity other than yourself. And that's not even getting into the doubt that creeps in whenever faith gets shaken because you realize, uh-oh, I put my life energy into a bucket that has leaks in it. The only bucket on this planet that doesn't have a leak is the one you're wearing on your head. And if you could just get used to the fact that you're the solution, well, maybe you would stop doubting yourself. But I'll get back to this in a second. I got to go do some yard work and I think the trash truck already rolled through, so I missed trash day again. Damn it. But 
16 minutes of nonsense followed by what? Who knows? Okay, I know what it's followed by now because I was trying to figure out what this recording is from and I still don't really know. So 16 minutes of nonsense is now going to be followed by, ooh, I should know this because I saw the number, but let's call it seven minutes of, even I'm not sure. This could be me leaking out my insanity right here. Another transitional 22 seconds provided by me. Now I'm recording, right universe? My universe? Oh, universe, my universe. Let's, um, let's get to the point, which is, it is now 6.30 and Monkey Barrel uh, open mic night sign-up sheet just was put down. And that means I have half an hour to get down there and sign up. So I don't have a lot of time here. We're going to spend five minutes discussing what I think I will do tonight, which is talk about how sometimes things end up working out in a way that is exactly like you expected. It happens. I'm trying to think of the last time it happened for me. Now that I should have, that piece of information I should have ready to go. Because what tonight's going to be about is how my life essentially at this moment None of this is how I expected it to be. In other words, not a single thing that I thought at, say, 8, 13, 19 is currently in play. I guess I figured I'd probably have a dog, and I have a dog. Is that the only expectation I've met? Meaning... You really have no idea what life's going to throw at you. There is so little energy spent well in trying to assess, measure, um, map, navigate into a future scenario that you know is there to be had because no, you don't. No, you do not. You do not. You do not. You do not. And I, I I can only guess that the rhythm of the simulation is set up for this specific um, distribution that there is no intentional forcing permitted. But the more I see what's parroting my nonsense from my past manifesting as the primary nonsense of our future, it makes me wonder if this isn't just a one helmet game that I'm playing that is just phenomenal. Like the greatest video game that you can possibly imagine. Here it is. But why would you why would you have your characters be able to rub their eyes and see those geometric patterns that start going all 80s 8-bit arcade style through your mind <clears throat> in all Miami Vice looking Neons? I don't know. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? You wouldn't. Would you? Would you? I wouldn't. So that leaves you with what? I don't know. It leaves you with the feeling that choosing this experience, which we all do, though in 
consequence and um, I think I think there are manipulative manipulative manipul manipulators who have their way of um, maintaining certain soul energy in this domain even when that soul energy may have released itself from its um, its burden to undertake several lifetimes, thousand lifetimes ago, in some cases, some of the drastic cases. And I also think things I really don't understand can get you trapped here from dimensional uh, whoops-a-daisies, which, of course, cosmically, I find fucking great. Um, <clears throat> and then you have to wait for your next opportunity to leave which can take thousands of lifetimes. And I think some of that has to be self-imposed or else you participate in something that is uh, an, in, an implosion of a grand magnitude, which may be something we're occurring. We're going through right now. Or, again, the most sensible thing is that we are the product of an AI simulation redundancy that just is trying to figure some level of... Um, organic life, motion, and interaction. Uh, some, some formulaic uh, um, hmm, redundancy of, of purpose, destiny. All of that in a systematic approach of perfect harmony with enough chaos to keep everything disorganized and upheaval a primary force of the universe. Well, I hope it's simulated. I really do. I mean, if what's coming is the end of humanity, for reals. Ugh, boy, there's five minutes and 48 seconds I could have used before the comedy hour. Not. Pause. Unpause. I gotta say, I did take that whatever pause break between saying it and not saying it, and saying it, I was like, ah, fuck it. It's the perfect joke. Later. So, you know what's remarkable? Is that when I went for that second mosquito that had landed on my framed picture from New Orleans, that means a lot to me, especially in regards to my father, well, I knocked it ajar, but not off the wall. And... My immediate reaction to hitting the second mosquito was, oh fuck, don't fall. And it didn't. Which I guess goes back to my excellent hanging picture skills that I learned at the Home Depot as an employee of um, moderate satisfaction and some dissatisfaction, I guess, since they always ask me that on my personality tests. If you were to describe the following state of emotion, how would you describe it? Totally agree, somewhat agree, neutral, somewhat disagree, totally disagree. Well, if you're going to give me those five options, I'm feeling pretty neutral about all of it. I wonder what happens to the person who puts neutral on every single one of those. Because you know somebody's doing that. If you're that guy, believe it or not, and I know you're not a woman, but if you're that guy, I want to know, what's it like? What's it like? Just tell me. Write me an email. You can get a hold of me at Heidegger's Goldfish at gmail.com. 
The only other ones who know that are the CIA because they had to listen to all of these. And I've said that two other times. But that's the way whenever you're frustrated enough to leave me a silly comment, you can just send it to me instead. Uh, there you go. That is not what I got on to talk about, nor was that stuff about thousands of lifetimes what I got on to talk about, nor was any of the stuff before that what I got on to talk about in the 16 minutes of nonsense. The transitions were intentional, so that 10, 20 seconds is what I got on to talk about. But now I'm so far behind in yard work and everything else that I just wanted to leave this in a position where I could remember that I can come back next and talk about anything. So we'll probably hit that list finally that I said I was going to get to three episodes ago. Or was that two episodes? Whatever. It was a while. Bye. All right, let's finish up this sequel to a poor, sequel to a poor slasher film to begin with. And <clears throat> since I left myself in a frame to talk about anything, well, I thought we'd talk about marijuana. Pause. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Talk about weed. No, no, no. Let's smoke some weed, and then let's talk about, um, how about spiritual turmoil? And we'll finish it all up with, why is everyone on this planet such a fucking idiot except me? But first, if we're going to talk about that kind of shit, let's get high. Pause. Unpause. This one's called Pie Society, because nobody loves a pun more than the marijuana industry. Well, pie society is <coughs> now in session. So, coughing in your face was definitely a faux pas. That will be the end of that, or I'll be kicked right off this pie society chart. Oh, did I make a pun? No, no, I just made a bad joke. All right. Spiritual turmoil. <coughs> Versus spiritual denial versus spiritual chaos versus spiritual indoctrination. Um, I've been in three of those four. Never been indoctrinated spiritually by anybody with influence. Although, uh, Carmen, if you're listening to this, I guess in a small, get more God in my life way, you count. But... <clears throat> Spiritual turmoil, I believe, is the most common state of angst here to be immersed within because I don't know how you go through the human experience with all the <clears throat> coincidences and small world stuff and energies of dreams manifesting in reality or just the mystical nature of Mother Nature. The wonder of it all, the awestruck sense of, wow, this is unbelievable. And I'm here participating at a level that gives me as much power and influence as any other entity I can see. And <clears throat> so when you're faced with, say, questions of a, of a religious nature, 
um, <clears throat> and you seek religion out for answers to those questions, well, to me, <clears throat> that was an immediate disconnect. The dogma that any vertical of God represents, or vertical of, of uh, Simba, I don't care what you worship, but as soon as you start deciding this is the belief system I will now maintain, none of that felt right to me. <clears throat> I didn't need to be told what was right and wrong. I already knew. And I didn't need to be warned not to hurt other people or to hurt animals or to uh, be uh, wasteful with resources. Any, any of this stuff is just, you're born knowing this. These rules get broken in the sandbox at preschool and they get corrected. <clears throat> and then when society starts sending you further and further reinforcement of messages that the golden rule, do unto others as you would have your others do unto you, and live and let others live in the pursuit of liberty and happiness, and don't infringe upon any of the rights therein, as none will infringe upon your rights as well. Okay, that baseline is all I needed to realize how much brokenness is laid on top of it here now. <clears throat> and the idea that Catholicism or Buddhism or, uh, or Islam, none of it had enough acceptance and love and kindness without peppering in dogmatic rigor that, again, the human experience doesn't flourish within. And Christianity, with its uh, <clears throat> perfect figure of Jesus, um, comes into the neighborhood, but it's been so warped here in America. And frankly, I don't believe Jesus Christ ever existed. I think that that book is the, the last hurrah of men trying to corral men into less thinking men and more docile, controllable men, and taking all the best of everything they'd had up until that point, <clears throat> throwing it all together as Jesus Christ. So, I still think that's not dismissive of what Jesus Christ represents. We could all be a little more Jesus-y, but only in the sense that we could all help the unfortunate, give to the poor, donate our time to those in need, and be... Uh, less uh, um, attached to things we're not using when someone else could use them. There are so many things that uh, we're all failing to measure up to that if we start to look at those things and aggregate our score accordingly, well, we can really start to feel bad about what we're up to. We're not doing enough. Why the fuck did I spend three hours last night watching TV that didn't do anything toward making the world a better place. And I think that's a real conversation you got to have with yourself. Because it's true. But it's not that you didn't need to decompress from a day filled with shitstorms and fucking chaos. And the only way to do it was in front of whatever CBS lineup happened to be on that night. 
I get that's a reality. But it's one that you've created. And substitute whatever your I'm not doing anything with my life, waste of time, activities of choice are into this scenario, but we've all got them. For me, it's uh, it's going down rabbit holes on YouTube. I have stopped spending more than one hour ever on the internet. And once I've spent an hour on the internet, I have to spend at least two hours off the internet before I can go back on for longer than to check something. Because I get swarmed by internet interest of really no consequence. It matters not to me at all, truly, if Dorothy Kilgallen was about to expose the CIA for JFK's murder, and that's why they killed her. I mean, it kind of does. But I already have way more information on that story than I need, so every time I run into the next nugget of truth, unless it says Dorothy Kilgallen... Suicide proved murder and murderer found red-handed with the lead pipe in the conservatory. Well, then there's nothing else to learn. We know she had an explosive story to share with the world. And two days later, when her editor's meeting was set, would have, I'm sure, stunned us all with the revelations she had proven. But hey, you got to get to Friday's meeting. And if you kill yourself on Wednesday, well, those people on Friday are going to be like, we set 10 o'clock, right? We set 10? 10. We meant a.m., right? That's fairly fucking obvious. It's Friday at 10. So why isn't she here? I don't know. Nobody's heard from her at all. Oh, Miss Kilgallen. I hope you got another shot. I hope you're not uh, uh, Greta Thornburg. I really do. But I could see why you'd be so pissed at fucking reality that you'd come out and toast the environment like nobody's business. But nope. Nope. I'm sure your reward was Planet ZXPR3 or whatever the fuck's out there that is way better than Earth. Because you certainly succeeded on your run of trying to expose truth here. <clears throat> and so when I say you should look at yourself with truth, it's okay that maybe you've wasted a decade of time watching television. I did it, well, not that specifically, but I've wasted 25 years in pursuits that if I were to rerun my life, I could never spend as much time doing as I did. Gambling, number one, but that's mostly because of the negative outcomes. I would have to fight the gambling bug. I will fight that for the rest of eternity. I love to gamble. But that's really the one vice I can't get enough of and need to control myself against. Everything else I can control with moderation. Because I know what's better for me than being on tilt is being able to restrain myself from activities that potentially put me on tilt. When I look at video game playing time. That's not time that I would chop out of my life entirely, but I would chop it in half. When I look at family time, I did never, from 20 on, never put enough emphasis on seeing my family once a year. And as you start to not put emphasis on that, you lose touch with just basically the threads of continuity that are there to be had. You're just 
making losses out of wins that if you would just participate would over time build up. And to me, it was always, yeah, but what about right now? There's this opportunity to go to Belize. So I could go home for Christmas, but then I won't go to Belize or whatever. And, and it's not like Belize is going anywhere and family opportunities to connect are transient at, at all times. So when they are presented to you on a silver platter and you say no, well, the next time there's just not the same enthusiasm if, well, what if John says no again? I don't want to go through all this if only three of us are going to show up. The whole cascading effect that you're creating for yourself, it's unknown even in two, three, four, six years' time. But when you look back and you think, holy shit, man, when was the last Thursday night I didn't watch the three-hour CBS fucking block of television? What was it? 1983? If you find yourself in a routine of minimal engagement, almost brainwashed into docile, calm, non-troublemaking states of mind, well, number one, you're missing out on all the active things you could be doing. Learning something, building something, repairing something, upgrading something, uh, cleaning something, uh, exercising, baking something. It doesn't matter. Anything active is better than anything passive. Which is why the disease of phone addiction is so mm, easy to understand. I'm lucky that I see the phone as a as a drug, as a device of distraction and um, potato chip nutrition, I guess. If all you eat are potato chips, eventually that shit doesn't work out. And it doesn't work out because there's really no nutrition there. When you do nothing but consume the media that your phone gives you, there's no there there. Like there is if you go bake a bunch of cookies and find out they were terrible. But learn that, in fact, a tablespoon is the bigger one and a teaspoon is the smaller one. So all that salt and baking soda that got in there by mistake taught you at least some scales and measures. You, you had an experience that gave you something. Even if it gave you, you're a fucking dumb shit sometimes. There are ways to appreciate every moment of life that is yours engaged with your reality. Yours engaged with someone else's reality, it's never going to be fulfilling. It's always going to feel like, if I could just have something more, there will always be something missing from what you gain through your exposure in conduits like online or via the phone, as opposed to face-to-face. -to -face. We aren't meant to communicate in visual imagery. 
as much as a movie can overwhelm you with the sense of having been somewhere, you haven't. And while that does trick our minds and that plays all kinds of chaos with the stimulation that we start to expect in our reality, you can coax yourself out of all that mind-numbing buzz busyness that just overwhelms you. Gotta see this next video. Oh, look at that related search. Oh my, what about that one three searches ago that I forgot to go back to? When you're in that mode, drop your fucking phone. Seriously. Just put it down. Put it down and go count the number of bricks on the first brick house front you can find. Do something so different from looking at your phone that you shake yourself out of phone monotony syndrome, where the only thing you can do is look at the next thing on your phone. Your phone is the least interesting part of reality that's here. And it's the time suck. The compulsive can't let it fucking uh, keep me awake. Oh my God, I can't put my phone down though. It's four in the morning. I, I mean, I'm not a hypocrite here. My phone can consume me. But I realize it's the wrong thing for me to let my phone do. And when you grew up with the technology already here, when you were handed a phone before you were handed the keys to the car, when you were handed a phone before you were handed the plastic keys that you'd shake at the fucking table in your high chair, well, I mean, what other friend do you need? The phone can give you everything. Or at least that's what it's always been there telling you was available. And yet all that time invested, all that digital world of otherness has left you exactly how fulfilled in this reality that you truly live in. For me, not much, but you know, I don't have any friends. Just got this dog that's dying and a cat that's been shot and has a wound on her the size of, well, now it's even bigger. Life is a weird thing, but living it actively without a medium to present yourself or to be presentable within works out so much better. You'll love yourself in real time way more than you love the self that you put online. There is no comparison. And once you discover that you love yourself, I don't know how much time you'll have for your phone because the world will love you back and the difference is amazing.